Grand Fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Well, Royal Community, how is everyone doing this week with the passing of Her Majesty? If you caught up with last week's episode, you know we were saddened to share that news and talk about what was happening and it's just been non-stop show, hasn't it? Yeah, it really, really has. I think we've had a lot of people reach out to us, which has been amazing, but also really heartbreaking for us as well because we're all going through it with you and I think to be honest I thought I was going to get less emotional I've actually become more emotional as the week's gone on is that just me no I've been totally the same um I just want to give a personal thank you to everyone that has reached out to me because if you listened to last week's episode you know that before the queen passed away I lost my own nat on Monday and obviously people that have listened to the podcast were reaching out over on Instagram and from the bottom of my heart I just wanted to say thank you to the people that were saying I'm thinking of you I'm praying for you I'm praying for your family it just means the world to me you know we've built this little community here and it's just getting bigger and more people are joining and it's absolutely fabulous and I just yeah I just love it. Yeah and I I said didn't I in last week's episode that you know we will all rally around you and help you through this. And it's so interesting how much the Royal community has come through for you, Rach, because that that is like, you know, as your friend, that means a great deal to me that everyone has reached out to you um, because it's such a hard time for you. It's it's such a hard time for everyone right now, but even more so with how your real life is also you know, kind of mirrored by what's happening with the Queen. It's a lot, isn't it? It definitely is. And I think I said last week, you know, Her Majesty passing away, it's kind of taking me out of my own grief at the moment, what I'm dealing with my nan. So I think once Her Majesty's funeral is over with on Monday, then I can go back to grieving my own nan. Yeah, and let's make a point because last week we actually said that this episode was going to be a Queen tribute episode. Sounds like we're going to start singing We Will Rock You Up, but um, anyway, um, <laughs> we got to laugh for our community. We've got to have a bit of light humour every now and then. So we did mention we were going to do a Queen tribute episode. However, Rachel and I have not been in the headspace. It takes a lot of time and a lot of focus. And to be honest, that's not the place we're in right now. And plus, actually, there's been so much going on in the royal family this week that we couldn't not talk about it. So last week, we left you with the Queen in Balmoral, just passed away, and the family had gone up, and we'd found out that she'd passed away. And we just gave you our opinions on that and how we felt at the time. And this episode, we're going to start talking about the proclamation, you know, the royals going on the walkabout with the flowers, Scotland saying goodbye to the Queen as well, Rach. Her Majesty being flown back to London, and then obviously the Westminster Hall. Beautiful ceremony today. So why don't we get started then, and let's talk about the proclamation. Yeah, so Shell, the proclamation, amazing because this is the first time that it's been televised. So we're now privy to what's happened for over nearly a thousand years. Yeah, it felt so historic and special. 
But also I thought, oh, was that it? I just thought it was going to be longer. I thought it was going to be yeah. a bit more pomp and pageantry to it. But actually it was very to the point and I quite liked it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we first saw William, Prince of Wales now, more <laughs> community. I've been saying this because we've been on Instagram. Oh, I've been saying all week, it's like a drinking game for us actually doing the wrong titles. <laughs> so uh, let's take a drink. We've we got water today. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, bear, bear with us, bear with us. Um, so yeah, so we saw William and the, our new queen consort, Camilla. And at that point, Charles wasn't there, was he? Which I thought, oh, okay. But the bit that got me was Penny Morden was residing over the proceedings and she actually said for the first time out loud, officially, that the Queen had passed away. And that really got to me. And I was just looking at William and I felt really gut-wrenchingly sorry for him because he's standing there in front of hundreds of people in that tiny room and it's being read out that his grandmother has passed away. And I just really, really felt for him at that point. I do not know how the royal family, every single one of them, is doing this right now. Oh, don't. I, I I got no words. Yeah. The other thing about the proclamation is this is the first time that we've seen Camilla sign Camilla R. Yeah, Charles did Charles R, didn't he? So the king yeah. did Charles R, and then the queen consort did Camilla R. Wow. Again, massive moments. Wow, massive moment. And then we had Pengate. We had Pengate. Pen <laughs> <laughs> oh, royal community, oh. you couldn't make this up. So. If you didn't watch the proclamation, we'll tell you a bit about Pengate. So they were taken into this other room and then the King and the Prince of Wales and the Queen Consort comes out and Charles gives his declaration to the people. We found out that the Queen's funeral will be a public bank holiday. So everybody's able to watch that, which is absolutely fantastic. And then obviously they have to do signing of the official document. And there was a little pen pot on the side. And this was actually a gift from William and Harry to their dad, which I thought was actually a really nice touch, as if to say, you know, welcome to the new job as such. Yeah. But then he, he was trying to obviously like move things around. And he did that, you know, when someone's like, hurry up, sort of moving his hand around. It was so funny. It was so funny. And you could tell he was a bit frustrated. I mean, I got the sweats watching him, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just like, well, what is happening? You said in our live that he was reading some of the declaration. He kept going back because he was like, where am I in this? Yeah, so Penny Maundert was reading out some of the declarations and there was quite a few pages to go through and Charles the King had his programme and he was reading along because he had to say, what did he say? I agree. Yeah. So basically she was saying, do you agree to uh, like a bank holiday or whatever? And then he has to say, I agree. She's reading off these um, declarations and he has to... Oh, Shell, sorry. Can I just interrupt? It's actually proclamations. So Charles did the declaration. That's his declaration. And everything else is a proclamation. I love that you know this because I know (laughs) squiddly dot about a a proclamation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we'll start again. Penny Morden is reading out the proclamations and Charles has to say, I agree. But I'm there's a moment where I was watching it and Charles was reading his program and I think he lost where he was. And then when he went back, he was like looking at Penny Morden like, what are you saying? Where is this in my book? You know, when I think he was like, uh, which one do I do? And he kind of like turning the pages and he was looking around like, please help me. And all of a sudden he just found it. And he was like, hmm, I got it. 
I'm just sweating at this point. Like I was secondhand embarrassed for him. I was like, Charles, oh my goodness me, like show your moment. And and then a lot of people were surprised that um, William is left-handed. <laughs> really? I thought everybody knew William was left-handed. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, he's lefty. <laughs> I tell you also one thing I saw on Twitter. People were like, oh, we understand the pain of being a lefty and using a fountain pen because all the ink just smudges. So, um, I mean, yeah, fancy pants, fountain pen. And yeah, Charles wasn't happy, was he? No, he wasn't happy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was the proclamation. And then, obviously, Charles was officially king at that point, wasn't he? Although he was king previously. Yeah. This is the first official declaration to the people that he was king. Yeah. It's a very historic process to go through because in olden times, you know, way back when, there wasn't social media. There were, you know, even the pr printing press, it wasn't there. This was the way in declaring that there is a new monarch. And so it was very historic in the way that it was done. But this was the first time that was ever televised. And I found it to be just, oh, we're witnessing history in every single moment of this since the Queen passed. And I had a shiver, like I, I had goosebumps when they said, God save the king. Because since the queen passed away, Rach, I have not accepted it. I've been in like this shock stage. And as soon as that happened, the proclamation, it just hit me right in the face. Like, We've got a king and I'm not, re yeah. I'm not ready. I am yeah. not ready for this. Because now he knows when his time comes, he knows what's going to happen. Yeah, because the queen what didn't have that, did she? No, exactly. And George would be standing where William was at that point. Yeah. Yeah, which is oh. amazing to think of. Yeah. Um, we've also got to mention as well the fact that King Charles is grieving his mother and he has basically just got to get on with the job. There is no time for his personal grief at this point. And I think what's, you know, been really lovely to see in Charles is, we've said it before, Shell, doing this podcast, we found out a lot more about Charles. Yeah. All along, for a very long time, people are like, oh, I, I don't want, I'm never going to accept Charles as a king. But I think people are actually seeing the side of him that we've seen for quite a long time. Yeah. And you've seen that when he's been coming to and from, I don't know, the proclamation or from Clarence House to Buckingham Palace. And he's been getting out of his car and he's been greeting the public that have been queuing for hours, you know, to lay flowers out for his mother or just to be at Buckingham Palace to say I was there the week that the Queen passed away. And I think that has been actually really lovely to see because Charles is actually very interested in people. And I think if people actually give him a chance, he's going to do a fabulous job. Yeah, it's got to be quite interesting over the next days, weeks, years, how the public, how the wider world, how the other states in which he's head embrace him or whether they turn their backs on him. It's going to be quite interesting to see that as we go along. But I think one thing for, is for sure, I think a lot of people have woken up to the actual job of the monarchy within our society. Not everyone. Not everyone likes the monarchy. I understand that. But there's people who have been on the fence. And then as soon as the queen passed, they realize what they've lost. And it's not tangible what they give us. Sometimes it's a bit like a magic trick, isn't it? They're there with their the you know tiaras and stuff but they're actually serving a purpose in creating a stable society for us somewhere we can always depend and until you don't have that you don't realize that you needed it and hopefully and my my wish is that people get behind 
the king and the queen consort and give them the chance that they deserve to have because they have served the country so well up until this point as Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall. It's so weird saying the Duchess of Cornwall <laughs> now, isn't it? Um, yeah, and fingers crossed, right? It's just all we can hope for. So let's move on to the actual family itself. And, oh, Shell, this was heartbreaking, wasn't it? Up at Balmoral, we saw the royals gather to come out and inspect some of the flowers that have been laid down. And, oh, my gosh. Well, I, I was watching on YouTube live. I thought, what is this? The royals. I thought, oh, my goodness, the royals are coming out. Press play. And then all of a sudden, I must have just clicked on the right time. I saw Sophie and Louise holding hands. And I just text you. Oh yeah. my goodness, I'm crying at Sophie and Louise. Like, and I was like, what is this? Because I just woken up from a nap. Because of everything <laughs> that's been going on, I was just like, I need a nap right now. I need like an hour's nap. Yeah. I woke up to this picture and I was like, where is this from? And then, you know, he sent me a link. And then I saw Zara and I started bawling my eyes out, honestly. And you could just see the pain on her face. It was excruciating. And my heart just went out for them because... You know, they're not allowed to grieve in the way that other normal families do, because we'll talk about this later. But, you know, now the Queen is property of the state. Yeah. And they have people talking about them on podcasts. You know, they're not <laughs> normal, right? Yeah. They are our royal family and the way in which they grieve is very public. And that is hard. But then I also feel like in their public persona, they they have to have like these, like almost like a kind of Stepford Wife kind of look on their face, if that makes sense. Because it's just what they're doing is just so out of the norm for a grieving person. But also yeah. it's their duty. Seeing the flowers, we felt the humanness there. We felt the connection. We always know it's there underneath the surface, by the way. But I, like I say, I just don't know how they're doing it. But seeing them looking at the flowers, I, I heard a lot of people saying about Prince Andrew and I thought, you know what? It's not the time. It's just not the time. It's not the time of Meghan and Harry. It's not the time with Andrew, you know? So speaking of Meghan and Harry, we had another surprise on Saturday because we did hear that the Prince and Princess of Wales were going to be viewing the flowers outside Windsor Castle. So we were kind of waiting around for it. And then... Megan and Harry turn up as well, which was so unexpected. I was flabbergasted. Absolutely. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was literally shouting at the TV and I was like, it's Megan and Harry. Yeah. I was like, Harry and Megan. Like, yeah. What is going on? Yeah. And in the crowd, there were some people that weren't too fast, but then most people really embraced them and allowed them to. Um, have the respect that they deserve, seeing well wishes at, at Windsor. I was really, really surprised that they came out. Not because he doesn't have a right to, he is the grandson of the king. Sorry, the queen at the kit. Oh my goodness me, this is just going to be one of those <laughs> days, isn't it? I just can't get it in my head. He's the grandson of the queen. Of course, he's a family member. Like he can, you know, he has every right, but it's such a public thing to do after all the scrutiny that has gone on with Meghan and Harry. I think it was brave. Yeah. They didn't know what reaction they were going out to going into that crowd. They really didn't. Mm. And, and I, um, we have heard, haven't we, Rach, that it was William that extended that olive branch. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, let's put it this way, that's what the Queen would have done. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Look, look, take away, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know our feelings on Harry and Meghan. 
But let's take all that away for the minute. And at the end of the day, they are two brothers that know what this pain feels like. They lost their mother at such a young age. And for them to come together at this point, do I think the relationship's repaired? No, I don't. But this was a sign of respect. And it's what the Queen would have wanted for them to come together in this moment. Yeah. And I think I'll tell you one thing I thought. I know we're going to go on to the Queen and, and, you know, what, what happened during the week. But I did, I was a little bit upset that her coffin didn't make it to Windsor. I know well, it's, it's going to go, going, no, no, no. Yeah. I know it's going to go back to Windsor, mm. but like first. I know that's, yeah. I, it just feels strange to say that, but just first. Yeah, I kind of understand that, but. I guess they need to get into London as soon as possible for people waiting for a line in state. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say it should have been like, she should have toured around the country <laughs> as such. And I'm just like, come on, give the woman a break, even in death. Show the woman some respect. Mm. She's on this public display as it is. Her family's having to grieve in front of the whole wide world. She's she's not a show pony. You can't yeah. like, you know, show her around the whole blooming country. She's got to be laid to rest at some point, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we, we can talk about the line of state in a second, actually. Let's move on then, because we had a massive, massive outpouring of love from the Scottish people in celebrating the Queen's life and then saying goodbye to her. What did it start off with, Rach? Because obviously she was in Balmoral. And then where did she go from there? Yeah, so she um, was driven back to Palace of Holyrood House, stayed there overnight, and then she was taken to St. Giles Cathedral. A service was given and then members of the public, like we're going to be doing at Lion in State, could go and pay their respects to Her Majesty. Rach, I know this is a bit off topic. Well, it's kind of not, but it's a bit weird. I felt like the king was like a time traveller because I'm not kidding. He was in Scotland, then he was in Ireland, then he was in <laughs> London. All in like one day. I'm like, where is he? How is he yeah. doing this? Like, wow. And that's what that's what I mean. He's not had, he's not having time, is he? He can't grieve his mother. He's just, he's the king now. He has to yeah. kind of get on with it. Yeah, But um, like you said, we saw the outpouring of love from the Scottish people. And then, Shell, we had the Vigil Princes. And this is something that dates back to the Queen's grandfather. But, Shell, your favourite, the Royal Hobnob, yeah. was there. And it's the first time that a woman has... It's called the Vigil Princes. Yeah, yeah. And the Princess Royal was there. I loved that she was there. It was so poignant. It was so moving. She has not moved from, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Oh, no, I don't. Oh God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> she has just been, she has been with her mother. Well, and we found out actually, she released a statement, didn't she? That she has been with her 24 hours before she passed away. And she has not left her mother's side, has she? She's been with her. She traveled. Don't forget, Princess Anne is in her 70s herself. And she travelled that six-hour journey from Balmoral to Holyrood Palace and just sat there in a car for six hours, following her mother's coffin the whole way, following people lying in the roads, tractors, horses lying in the roads, stopping their cars to say goodbye to Her Majesty, the last time she'll ever be in Scotland. Yeah. It's a, Michelle, it was a- Michelle is actually crying, by the way. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It just, it gets to me because you could tell like she was just really proud to be her mother's daughter. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to keep talking, Rachel. I'm going to (laughs) just have a minute. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I think, you know, the whole of Scotland really did Her Majesty proud. Yeah, was there was a quote that said, um, the Queen's done 70 years. I think I can wait for, for 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, that tells you everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And absolutely amazing. So from St. Giles Cathedral, she was then flown back to London. The last high she'd be going back to Buckingham Palace. And um, again, people just stopping their cars, lining the street. And Royal Community, if you've ever been to London, the procession actually took Her Majesty back through one of the busiest areas of London. Busiest, yeah. And these rows were just stood still. People were getting out of their cars, lining the streets just to, you know, pay their respects and say thank you to the Queen. I thought there was one, like, stretch of road where people were, like, honking their horns and clapping. And I quite yeah. liked that. Yeah. To show your respect, it doesn't have to always be silence. It can be joyous and, like, woohoo, like, well yeah. done, girl. And as she was actually coming back to the palace, like, as she was getting nearer, that's what the crowds were doing. They were, it wasn't like a, woohoo, it was like it was yeah. at a concert or whatever, but it was like a clap as if to say, you know, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your duty and your service. Yeah. Um, Royal community, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, this podcast. I'm just so <laughs> emotional. Uh, oh, gosh. And one of our Royal community over on Instagram said that they'd seen the flyover of the plane, didn't they? Yeah, going yeah, over. amazing. Wow. Yeah. And that was really special to her because she can't make it to London Yeah. Um, because she has three young children. She'd love to go, but it's just not plausible for her. She said that was really special because it was her way of saying goodbye. Yeah. But let's let's talk about then when she got to Buckingham Palace because she was also greeted by m- members of the royal family there. Yeah, so this was a private event, wasn't it? And um, this is oh, the pap shot show. There was one pap shot in which I saw of the king bowing his head to his mother's coffin. And it's like, really, why did you have to release this photo? Like, it's grainy, you can't really see it properly. And then you can see Harry and Meghan in the background. Well, apparently there are conspiracy theories around that some parts of that was photoshopped. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. Mm. But why would you put something out like that anyway? Like, it's disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. And considering, you know, her whole life has been so public. Yeah. I, I think I said to you the other day, it's like really she's having three or four funerals. And oh my goodness, the, so she's having so many funerals. Yeah, and the children, or her children have to basically attend every single one of them. Yeah. Like, so yeah. We've, seen her in, we've seen her at Balmoral, and then we've seen her in St. Giles Cathedral. We've seen her going to Buckingham Palace, the king and the family meeting them. And this meeting is literally their funeral to say goodbye to their mother, their grandmother. This is the time in private where they can have a cry. Not that they can't, but I'm pretty sure they don't want to be seen crying on the world stage. So they keep that grief, try and keep it inside. And I'm pretty sure that's when the floodgates opened for them. It's telling, isn't it, that when Beatrice was crying at Prince Philip's Thanksgiving service, it was like a really big deal. It's her grandfather. Of course, she's going to have a tear or two. And she yeah. kind of put her, um, her order of service, didn't she, to her face to cover herself so she didn't get packed. I'm like, that shouldn't, like, give them some privacy. Yeah, give them some <sighs> privacy. Yeah. And then today, so we're recording this on Wednesday the 14th of September, we had um, the Queen leaving Buckingham Palace for the last time and she was taken to Westminster Hall. It was, it was monumental. It was monumental, it was, it was beautiful, it was 
You know, the crowds, they were really respectful. They were quite quiet. In some places, as she got towards Westminster Hall, people were clapping. And as she actually got into the hall, you could hear the the crowd clapping from outside. But again, yeah, I just don't know how they can walk behind their, you know, mother, grandmother's coffin for 30 odd minutes with people literally having their camera phones up and filming the whole thing. It's just... I know. Oh, it's I know. awful. Like, I just, I know. my heart just goes out to them. Like, like you said, like, I just don't know how they're doing it this week. And Shell, I said this before, just before we came on the podcast and you was like, leave it for the podcast, leave it for the podcast. Because <laughs> um, we always have a little tiny, ch- just a tiny chat before the yeah. podcast. Just like what we're going to talk about. But yeah. we saw William and Harry together. So at Prince Philip's funeral, it was William, Peter Phillips and then Harry. Yeah. But this time you had the brothers together. And I said, oh, the first thing I felt, I just felt so sorry for them because I bet they're having flashbacks to their own mother's funeral. Absolutely. Absolutely. How can you not have those memories come back to you? I know you're in, you know, you're an adult, you have different experiences of life, but still that is a haunting thing to hold on to. How can you not have that? Oh, just, just so sad. And then I loved it when, um, so obviously, I think it was as the coffin was coming out, I can't remember what time I started crying. <laughs> I did, like, I was, and I wasn't just crying, I was, like, bawling my eyes yeah. out. I was just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and, and we're going to be a mess on, on Monday. Yeah. We? Well, when we go on Lion and Stay, we're going to be, we're going to be a mess all the time. Let's put it this way. Yeah. We, we need to be honest with ourselves. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, I think it just hit like a lot of people like, wow, she's actually gone. She's gone. That's the last time she's ever going to leave Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Yeah. And let's also put it into perspective. On her coffin was a beautiful velvet cushion. On the top of that was the imperial state crown. The epitome of a monarch. And not just that, but that was her crown. And it's no more. And it was for me... The sight of that, like the actual image, like I'm choking up just thinking about it. Oh, you're going to have to talk again. (laughs) Oh, God, this podcast is going to be so bad. (laughs) Oh, no, community, I'm just a The bit that got me um, was as they were walking into the hall and there was a hymn being sung and I actually put it on our stories. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And Hugh Edwards, I was watching on the BBC, he actually said that that hymn was sung at the Queen Mother's funeral as well. Yeah, And I think, like Prince Philip, I think Her Majesty had a lot of say-so into what went into the order of service. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that was just such a beautiful piece. And everybody did her proud. And we've not seen a state funeral, obviously, since her father passed away, have we? Mm. You know, Diana's was a massive funeral, but it wasn't a state funeral. No, the Queen Mother was on that level, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. She was on that level. Yeah. And what was different about this service is that nobody sat down. Mm. That when Her Majesty came in, when the coffin pulled in, you had the family lined up on one side. Yeah, yeah. And this is the first time that we had seen the Duke of Gloucester, Duke of Kent, Prince Michael of Kent. Because let's not forget, they're her cousins. She grew up with them. Princess Mm -hmm. Alexandra, all the extended family. And then obviously we had Catherine and Meghan behind Charles and Camilla and uh, and the rest of the family. It was just, wow. Honestly, I I just just thought it was so beautiful. And it only went on for about 20 minutes because let's not forget, I'm not sure how long the funeral is going to be. Yeah. These are like pre-funeral ceremonies, aren't they? Yeah. 
And then the big one's going to be on Monday. Um, a few points to make for me. When the coffin came out of Buckingham Palace, the tolls of Big Ben. Oh, was and just, the cannons. Yes, I, I got so choked. That's what started me off. That's what started me off. And then... You know, if you've gone to any royal events, you will know the King's Troop, Royal Horse Auxiliary is like a major part of any event. The fact that they were there and the coffin was being drawn by the, you know, that troop for for me was just really symbolic. I think we need to say like a massive, like, well done, congratulations. You did your majesty proud to the Royal Horse Auxiliary. Yeah. And also the Grenadier Guards. Exemplary. From the royal family to the armed forces, to the police officers, to all of the people who have this public service duty, just exemplary. Absolutely yeah. amazing. And can you imagine the Grenadier Guards that were, you know, carrying Her Majesty into mm. the hall? You could just tell when I was looking at her faces that they were quite emotional. And that was a moment for me because I, I just thought, you've got this massive responsibility and this is something that you're never, ever... I'm, I'm choking up now. <laughs> I know, never, don't I'm sorry. You're, you're never, uh, ever going to forget. Oh, well, community, what's going on with us? <laughs> Oh, well, our queen's oh. died, Rage, so oh, I no, think we're okay. But... We're all right. Um, I, it, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have because it's just, it's so symbolic to see her coffin, to see the the crown on it. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a minute, you know. It's, it's, it took me a lot of emotions to get through that. I kind of like, I watched it in bed and I kind of like put my my quilt around me and I just like kind of snuggled in because I just wanted to feel some comfort because like I didn't like I say I know I I'm emotional I cry at lots of things but I just didn't realize I was going to cry so much about mm. this you know but I definitely have had a lot of grief connected to my grandmother because you know, I think somebody said, didn't they, on an Instagram live, she's like the granny of the uh, yeah, yeah. of the world. I'm like, yeah. And I think you get this with any death. It doesn't have to be a really symbolic, um, important person or figurehead that we all know. But with any death, it allows you to reevaluate your life. It also allows you to live in a grander, bigger way than you ever have because you know the time is finite. Even though I thought the Queen had some kind of philosopher's stone from Nicholas Flamel, I thought she was going to live forever, you know? <laughs> oh, it was a lot. And I tell you what, Prince Charles and Queen Consort Camilla. The King. Uh, did I say Prince Charles? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness me. King Charles and the Queen Camilla. <laughs> well, you'll have to call her the Queen Camilla. The Queen Camilla. <laughs> The Queen Consort, Camilla. Oh, I'm glad, actually, when I watched it on television, they didn't pan to the royal family a lot. They allowed mm. them to have a bit of space. How are they not crying? How are they doing this? I think as well, you saying about um, Camilla, and I just thought of this, when we saw them in Northern Ireland, I mean, that was um, another monumental stop on their tour, wasn't it? Because they're going to all four countries within the UK and all these crowds came at them and everyone was so happy to see the new king and the queen consort. And someone in the crowd said to Camilla, how are you or something? And she said, oh, we're, we're, doing, we're doing our best or we're trying our be the best that we can. And the woman was like, no, you're doing the fantastic, you know, you are doing your best. You are being the best. And I just really felt for Camilla at that point because 
not just Charles, but she's her whole life's going to change as well. Yeah. We also have to put into perspective, she is also a grandmother to her own grandchildren and her own kids, you know, and she's going to see way less of them now. That is a big sacrifice, isn't it? Especially in her later years, where you're supposed to be retired now if you weren't a member of the royal family or married into one. So it just, uh, I, wow. How are they doing this, royal community? How are they doing this? How are they? Yeah. Um, I want to bring up the Duke of Kent because this is the first time we've seen him on camera. And for some strange reason, even though he was there, I couldn't look at him. Like when he came on the screen, <laughs> I had to look like, like in a way I didn't want to like impose on his career. Yeah. And I know I'm, I, I'm watching television. I don't know why I did it, but I just did. <laughs> um, my heart is so broken for them. Like, so broken. Exactly like you said, Rach. They've known the Queen for so long. I know. We'd mentioned this, I think, on last week's podcast about Angela Kelly. It's not just the royal family. It's the people that are were around the Queen day in, day out. Press secretaries, private secretaries, blah, 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 blah. All, you know, all these people, everyone is grieving. But obviously, they have got a deeper knowledge because they knew her personally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Could you imagine her with the Queen personally? How amazing. What an honour. <laughs> How amazing. I mean, the stories Angela Kelly must have. I've said this before, I did an Instagram live and I was talking about Angela Kelly's book. Um, It's called The Other Side of the Coin. She's the Queen's dresser royal community, if you're not aware who she is. And she's worked with Her Majesty for over 20 years now, but she's also become a friend to Her Majesty. So not has she lost her employer, she's lost lost a friend as well, hasn't she? Rich, have you seen this, that there's been people being sacked in Charles's department? Yes. So what is happening there? As I'm watching BBC, what's really interesting... <laughs> the good old BBC. The good old BBC, as you do. What's really interesting, because this actually came up in one of our questions I answered on Instagram, and someone said about Charles's staff being sacked. And there was, I can't remember his name. If, if I can remember it, we'll put it in the show notes. But he, I know he has an Instagram account and his Twitter account is called The Royal Butler because mm-hmm. he was a butler to the then Prince Charles. Right. And he said, in our contracts, we work for the Prince of Wales. And it's actually stipulated in the contract that if, for instance, the Prince of Wales is no longer the Prince of Wales and he is elevated to king, their contract is actually null and void because they don't have a contract with the king. It's Mm. with the Prince of Wales. Yeah. So although William is now the Prince of Wales, he has his own staff. Yeah. We don't know what's going on, but what he did say is that they will be trying every way to move those staff members to other royal households. Yeah. And also, you never know, they might be um, elevated to join the king's, um, you know, part of the king's entourage is probably the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. his staff. I think we actually spoke about this last week. And if we we didn't, it was on the Instagram that we did. Um, As you can tell, instance, royal community, we did a lot of Instagram in this <laughs> <Yeah. week. laughs> So for instance, one of the things that we were thinking about was what's going to happen to Clarence House social media? Or is the king and queen consort going to take over the royal family Instagram and Twitter? Well, that has been the case now. It actually said that basically Clarence House would no longer be in use. So you've got the people that worked for the social media teams and they're out of a job because the royal family has already got that sort of social media team in place. Although I have to say, I don't know whether you agree with me, Rach, but the royal family socials at the moment are amazing. Yeah, they've really been on it. 
They have really have. And I think they know that they need to be because people are, you know, going onto their website daily to check. I mean, I've been doing it. Yeah. We've been having questions like what's the procession for the funeral and all of this information you can actually find on the Royal Family website. So that's, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because we've always mentioned that YouTube is a great way of creating revenue for their charities. So why not use uh, YouTube to monetize it in a way that, that gives back? So yeah, happy about that because we, we think that the social media has been very underutilized and I'm just really happy that it is being utilized. We're now moving on to the subject of the Queen because she's now going to be lying in state from Wednesday until 6.30 on Monday before the funeral. So yeah. this is the time where you can queue up and you can walk past and pay your respects to Her Majesty. Um, Royal Community, Rachel and I are going to go. We are going to go to London. We're going to queue for, the, well, they're predicting 30 hours, aren't they? Yeah. If we have to queue overnight, if we have to queue in the rain, the snow, the sun, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'm going to be there until I say thank you. Yeah. We had this conversation, didn't we, Rach? Uh, I think it was yesterday. What are we going to do when we get there? Are we going to bow? Are we going to curtsy? Are we going <laughs> to just ball out crying? Like, and then Rachel said to me, she was like, you know the BBC has got like a 24-hour camera pointed. I was like, they're going to see me curtsy? I can't believe it. <laughs> I said, I'm going to do the deepest curtsy they've ever seen. I mean, not as deep as Anne's, but I'm sure it's going to be pretty deep. I mean, Megan did a really good curtsy today. Did you see that? Yeah, I've only just seen a picture of it. I didn't see it live because I think we watched different streams, didn't we? Yeah. I didn't actually, the bit I was watching didn't show as the royal family were leaving. They basically went up to the coffin and they curtsied or they bowed in front of it. But on the feed I was watching on the BBC, it didn't show that. Mm. what is excellent about watching it on tv like for instance bbc we're not we're not sponsored by bbc by the way we just mention them a lot (laughs) (laughs) it's just because for me it's the one that's got continuous coverage and i really like the presenters like the presenters know their stuff Hugh Edwards, we spoke about him the other week. He deserves a knighthood in itself and services to the monarchy, don't he? (laughs) He does. He absolutely does. Maybe we can put one in for him, you know, Rachel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Rachel thought he was Scottish the other week. I said, no, he's Welsh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, me and I (laughs) think... I was like, he's so Welsh, what's going on? Um, but um, the reason why is because when you're watching a feed, say on YouTube or any of the other news news broadcasts, they're great, but there's just so much knowledge and depth. Personally, for me, I just soak in the history of it. It's not just watching it and people go, oh, look, she's got a nice dress on. I, I was watching it earlier and they were like, this is the first time a woman has been appointed Black Rod in 650 years. I'm like, 650 years? Royal community, I thought I'd treat myself today to a chippy. And for anyone who's not British, a chippy is literally just a fish and chip shop. It's, you know, it's very synonymous in Britain with fish and chips. Uh, and I went for a, a chippy dinner. Whilst I was there waiting for my chips and curry sauce, I realised that they were playing uh, the Westminster Hall ceremony on TV. And I started just bawling in the middle of the <laughs> In the middle of the chip shop. So much so, I kind of had to like, do you know when you're like, oh, I've got to look at my phone for a bit, you know, kind of like, don't look at me, I'm fine, I'm fine. Which was very embarrassing, but it's been amazing, the little town that I live in, how 
everyone's come together and all of the tributes within my town like all of the shop windows and they've got a thing within the town where you can go and put your bouquet of flowers if you didn't want to go to London because not everyone can go to London but can you please tell the royal community what this experience is going to be like because they've got lots of pros and cons haven't they to queuing up for the lion of state it's not literally royal community you can camp outside it's not like that there's so many rules yeah so the line is continuously moving even if you're moving a little bit you're going to be moving so they've said like don't bring camp chairs because you're not going to have time to sit down yeah and you'll be given a wristband so that say for instance if we are queuing for 15 20 odd hours you'll be able to come out of that queue have like a toilet break or go and get some food and then you'll yeah. be able to come back so they basically know that you're not pushing back into the queue yeah, yeah. Um, they've said bring snacks bring drinks they'll have toilets along the way they will have places for you to eat but obviously depending on what part of the route that you're on no photography no um, video is allowed in Westminster Hall mm-hmm. why would anyone want to do that anyway like, know, but, yeah, but so I think disrespectful. But I think it's one of those things, show it. We was at Buckingham Palace the other day, people were taking selfies and that, weren't they? Yeah, but this is a very private moment. I mean, it's gonna be shown on whichever live stream is gonna be happening or wherever they, yeah. they are. Which I can't believe it. That's to be honest, that's a really private moment for the citizens and their monarch. Like, give us a break. Yeah. Because knowing yes. me, they're going to be like, oh, look at that girl over there. She's crying her bloody eyes out. And I'm like, ah, well, with, Do you know what you're saying that? There was, I was on um, TikTok the other day. And in Scotland, when the vigil was on, there was this um, man that they panned to. And he looks at the coffin and then he starts crying. Mm. And then there was loads of people in the comments who were like, oh, I just want to hug him. And oh. Oh, it was just so like, oh, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. But yeah, we don't know what reaction we're going to have, do we? We could be absolutely fine the whole like time. We get in there and like you said, like we're blubbering mess or because you're not in there for very long, you basically see the coffin, you kind of like walk back around it and then you go out again. Yeah. So it's going to be an experience, but I think it's something that we have to do, not just because we love the Queen, which we do, but it's it's part of history. It's history, isn't it? We are living history right now. Yeah, it's going to be quite interesting what that feeling is going to be like when we get there. And I think you're right. We will not even know. We can imagine what we're going to react, like how it's going to be. But I think it's going to be very different. I mean, let's put it this way. When you saw the Queen outside Buckingham Palace, you never thought you were going to have the reaction that you did. No. It just happens. And I think that's going to be, obviously, this is going to be more of a somber occasion but you just can't predict it. It's just going to happen the way it happens when it's when it's time. If you are going to see the Queen lying in state royal community, um, my heart is with you because we'll be there too. And it's going to be a long, long slog. Let's put it that way. There's well, people from all over the world coming just to see the Queen lying in state. It's a worldwide thing. It's not just Londoners. There's so many people coming from different parts of the world. I was going to say, Shell, Isabella, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, um, over on Instagram, she has a Instagram account called Royalty Diaries EU, which is about all the European royals. But she's coming over. Yeah. She mm-hmm. messaged me the other day and she was like, yeah, I've booked my flight. She's yeah. coming over. We have to meet up with her and give her a cuddle. We just have to. Depends what day we can get there, Shell. We haven't decided at the moment, <laughs> no. as you're listening to this world community, what day we're going to go because we're basically going to see what the queue is like today and tomorrow and then make our decision on Friday. It's either going to be Friday or Saturday that we yeah. go. 
Yeah. We're prepared. Like we know it's going to be a long slog. We know. We did so much standing and waiting in the Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And we're well versed in this royal community. We yeah. got your back. We'll, we'll next week we will obviously give you everything, all the rundown of what's happening. Um as far as the funeral goes, Rachel and I will be joining up and watching the funeral together. We will be live streaming with our Kofi members, which is going to be quite special, isn't it? To be in community at that moment, because it's not just us and our grief. It's a shared grief across the royal community. Well, I think we were speaking to some people the other day over on our Kofi and some people were saying that they haven't really got anyone else that loves the royals like we do. Yeah. And so they're going to be, they feel like they're going to be quite alone. So that's why we thought we'd stream it with them so that mm-hmm. they're not alone. So, you know, if, if you, if you want to become a part of our world community, you can over on Kofi. It's four pounds or six bucks. No pressure to, you don't have yeah. to, but it's there if you want to. Yeah. And, you know, you just being here and listening is enough. But if you want to do that and have that experience, then we will be there for you. Um, how much information we're actually going to say during this? It might just be silence. Who knows? It might just be us crying all the time on a Zoom call. But this is something that everyone will say, where were you? What did you do? And yeah, it's, uh, I just can't, like, I'm still in shock. I think I'm going to say this for like a year. <laughs> and do you know what? I thought this um, earlier, Rachel, you sent me a TikTok about Charles with another pen gate, right? Uh, when the ink went everywhere and he was like, Bloody pens or whatever he said. What did he say? Did he say bloody pens? Stinking, stinking. Yeah. And he said stinking pens or whatever it was. And do you know what? I really related to that. That isn't the king having a hissy fit. That's the king grieving and going through a little bit of anger that's popped up because he's had to do things, these tasks that might be really painful at the time. He's grieving. It's the last thing he wants to do is have a pen leak on him, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, like... Uh, maybe Charles is going to be quite a uh, a cruel, maybe not cruel, but you know, like he, he seems a bit of a, I want to use the word diva, like in archetypes with Megan, but I don't think that is the case. I think he's grieving and you have these bubbles of anger that pop to the surface and he's right to have any emotion he can. Obviously he still has to say sorry for how he's reacted, but you know, I don't blame him for those things. I think in six months' time, if he was still having a little hissy fit every now and then, I'd say, right, okay, Charles, calm down. But wow, the amount of things the Queen and the King are going through at the moment, I can't even imagine being them. Like, how much sleep are they getting? Two hours a day? Like, yeah. what is happening? And the royal community, they're in their 70s. Like, we keep saying this, but they're in their 70s. Yeah. Like, yeah. if someone gives them a break, I, I feel like maybe after the funeral, he just needs to take a personal day, but he can't, can he? Because he's the no. king. Like, it's no stopping now. Rach, I got a question for you. Do you think Balmoral is now a bit more like a tainted place for them? Because that's a place of pain. The queen passed away there. Or do you think it's yeah. going to hold more f- fond memories for them? I feel it's going to hold fond memories because it was a place growing up they always used to go to in the summer. You know, it's been said over this past week that it was the, the place where the queen could leave her crown at the gate, so to say, and she yeah. could just be a wife and a mother. Obviously, she still had her duties to perform every single day. She still had her red boxes to go through. 
but that was, you know, one of the places that she was most happy in because the little town of Balata, as she was coming through, there were so many people because the people of Balata was like, she's our neighbour. Yes, yeah. she is our queen, but we've known her and her family for years. Yeah. I mean, wasn't it Queen Victoria and Prince Albert that actually bought Balmoral? Bought. Yeah. That's what so they bought, it, yeah. It's been there for hundreds of years within the royal family. But the one thing I would say is, do you know when we had that statement from Buckingham Palace about the Queen's health? Lots of residents turned up at Balmoral and they just, they just looked. It's like, I'm here because I want to see whether she's okay. And then they left. It was, they were just so respectful of the Queen's privacy. You could see why she loved Scotland. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were saying that maybe she knew the time was coming. Yeah. And yeah. she wanted to go to Scotland so that the Scottish people did have that time to say goodbye. And she's actually the first British monarch that's ever passed away in Scotland. Yeah. Mm. Again, another piece of history right there. So, Royal Community, we are sending you lots and lots of love right now as we go through this together. It's heartbreaking. It's one of those things where I think we've had to navigate through a sea of different people's opinions, whether that is people who you're surrounded by who think very differently than you or others who share in your grief and cry with you on podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you're not alone. Please reach out to us. We are here for you. We are in this world community with you and together we'll get through this. This is such a tough time for us. We've lost our queen. She is going to be missed so much. I cannot even think about Charles yet, but I'm sure he's going to be fabulous. But now it's time to pay our respects and we will let you know on next week's podcast what the Lion Estate was like and how we got on with the funeral. Um... Please feel free to follow us over on YouTube. We'll be having videos of our experience going to Buckingham Palace and popping flowers down on behalf of you, Royal Community. That will be coming up this week. So head on over there if you want to see more Royal content from us. Or you can follow us on Keep It Up With The Windsor's pod over on Instagram. And if you are not on any of the socials, but you still want to reach out, you can email us, pod at gmail.com. Sending you lots and lots of love, Royal Community, wherever you are in the world. Don't forget, as Shell said, you're not alone. If you want to reach out, please reach out. Speak to someone. If you can't speak to us, speak to someone else. Sorry, Rach, I'm going to just let you know that in the show notes, I will be putting in some charities that can help with grief. So if you're alone, you need some help out there. There will be charities in the show notes as well. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week on Keeping Keeping Up With The Windsors. Windsors.